1: back it's been a while to the true blue la podcast eric steven you're with me i'm here i'm jacob birch we're here to talk about all the exciting news that has happened in the dodger world since we last recorded an entire month ago with (laughs) with a rich minor league pool to to trade players from a little bit of money in the bank to kind of you know maybe sign a key free agent what have the dodgers done
0: well first of all it's been a while um but yeah it uh a whole lot of nothing yeah, um in that while i don't know we yeah so it, we we keep we, our sort of off-season schedule has been kind of nebulous like um you and i record on monday up, we'll,
1: but, yeah we record on monday Yeah, and some, sunday you and i will text saying hey should we talk about anything and then the answer has always yeah. been not really <laughs>
0: uh, yeah the last few weeks have just been like really unmotivating to to like There's really nothing to talk about. Spring training, like, now this is why we're doing it today. Spring training finally started, so we have, like, something to talk about. Uh, But, like, yeah, there was just really nothing going on. After, like, A.J. Pollock signed, we kind of covered that with Russell Martin and all that. Um, But, yeah, there's just been a lot of um, nothing. And, like, it's crazy because position players have reported um, basically, like, today – uh, pretty much throughout baseball, I think the Braves are like the the latest team, that, like you know, within a couple of days. But report, reported to spring training, and there's still like Bryce Harper hasn't signed, Manny Machado hasn't signed, Dallas Keiko, Craig Kimbrel. There's still like a number of like notable free agents who haven't signed. It's crazy, like, and and some other like lesser tier ones, but like that. Should get done in the off season, <laughs> like, and, and it's just done, not done. It's so it's so it's very odd that it, it's just been a like a slow, boring baseball season. Like I don't know what we did before we had access to every information at all times, but like because certainly we didn't get the news um, instantaneously like a long time ago, and it, it was like we just sort of accepted it. And I, I kind of want to go back to that time because. The flow of new, actual news has been about that pace, so
1: who knows? <laughs> but with the need to fill it, with I think Bryce Harper might go to the Phillies, maybe, possibly,
0: right? So and then Padres, <laughs> like, like oh, it's like, and then well, the Dodgers signed AJ Pollock, so they're probably not, they're not going to be in on it. But the fact that he's still out there, it's like, well, what if they did? And then like, <laughs> and then like, they probably. Then does that mean they trade, like, you know, Alex Verdugo going to Jock Peterson, something, you know, some weird like combo of that? And, like, so mine starts like, you know, okay, it's probably not going to happen to the Dodgers, but, like, I don't know. It's Wait, just on, the I fact that they're still out there.
1: I think I figured this out. The Phillies are in the lead okay. right now for Harper, right? Yes. So let's let's assume that means they really want an outfielder. The Dodgers can uh-huh. sign Harper. And then uh, they can yeah. trade their outfielders to the Phillies for Real Muto. Done.
0: Done. And look, you need to catch it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's Austin Barnes. So,
1: so. Uh, I think we have uh, a bunch uh, I, to go I, through I, in spring training. The other thing that I, I would like to touch on a little bit that's not on these show notes is uh, the Phillies traded for Real Muto. I was convinced the Dodgers were about to get that done. I was very wrong. Our opening day is the Dodgers catcher. Are the Dodgers catchers Russell Martin and Austin Barnes? It still seems yeah. Crazy I mean crazy to me.
0: <laughs> right, that's that's a, that's a big downgrade uh, from a cat. and so that's going to be an issue. So
1: it's a downgrade with money in the bank. Yeah, and prospects trade. That's that. that th- right, a lot of people have been infuriated for not. Uh, signing Zach Grinke, uh, some, some other, some other deals like that. Hey, why weren't we signing XYZ would have helped the team. Uh, And I was not convinced it would actually be that upgrade. And you were using real resources to do that sort of side grade, maybe slight upgrade. This is a clear instance of a deficiency where you have resources to fix it and it didn't happen. So that's frustrating to me as a fan.
0: And even if it wasn't like real Muto, like, look, sure. maybe they just wrote off grandall But, like, Grandal signed a one-year deal. That's a perfect scenario for the Dodgers. Uh, Wilson uh, Ramos signed a two-year deal with the Mets. That's a near-perfect situation. Like, he would have been perfect, you know. Um, so there were alternatives out there. And it's going to be – it's an issue. So it's it's a problem. And, you know, the one thing you you would hope, at least for the Dodgers' sake, is that – like, second base was their, like, glaring weak spot last year in terms of production. Um, like, you know, near the bottom in, like, batting average, on base, slugging. Um, they're okay on base, but, like, still bad. But, um and so you hope that what they lose at catcher, they'll gain at second base by having some sort of combo of Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, and or occasionally Max Muncie although he's bad defensively. But um you just hope... Like that's sort of, I think that's where they balance it a little bit, but and you know uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, that so they, you're right. It's it's an issue. It's a it's a definite issue. Um, so that's that's, some, that's definitely
1: something to watch. So we'll move on for our show notes though. Spring training is here. That's good news, regardless of how off season went. I love spring training. I know you love spring training. You get your ties in spring training.
0: Oh, man, it's the best time of the year uh, for, for Tice. But, yeah, also, it, it's weird for me, like, not only is this offseason boring, but this is the first time since um, uh, I started – I went every year and since – well, I've gone every year since the, they went to Cal Ranch, but only – the first few years were only, a, like, a week at a time or something. But um, I've been to, like, every day of spring training from, like, 2012 to 2018. And this year, I haven't gone yet. I'm going to go, but eventually we haven't – figured out the dates yet but um i'm not out there so they like this the first time i haven't been there and it's weird like so it's like extra boring for me now because well the games haven't started yet we actually get games starting this saturday the 23rd um so then you know you get more of a flow and the baseball the daily thing so that'll be better uh it's been a year for me uh personally <laughs> so it's odd
1: I will be in spring training. The weekend of March 3rd, or excuse me, March eighth, Dodgers play the Royals at Camelback. So going to that game, and then we were going to go. We're staying really close to Sloan Park, where the Cubs play. So we're, oh, we'll go see the the Cubs at a Cubs game. Now you've when you've been there, you've been you've had a press pass, right? Yes. So are are you it's aware? That place of, is crowded. Are you aware of the Cubs tax? <laughs> if you look on like if you go to like SeatGeek uh... or or a third party seller site and you look at all the spring training games it's like 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 80 bucks and that's cuz the Cubs are playing. <laughs> uh, so we ruled that out well, and we going to go uh... see the the A's play instead.
0: The Cubs are like the most popular team um in terms of like fan base or he, you look at a lot of the or, I don't know this that's still be true but for the uh, like, when the, when they started opening these new stadiums, like back would set an attendance record, and then when they opened Salt River, they'd set a attendance record. But it was a lot of times like it would always be like the Cubs weekend yep. game yep. there <laughs> would always be the record because those fans. Are, um, and yeah, so it's nuts. And like that park uh, where the Cubs play is, uh, the parking is weird, and like you you have to. Some of it you park far away, and um, it's it's a but it's so like packed, and uh, it's it's a great park. I like it, but um, yeah, and so that there you're all. If you're going to see a Cubs training game, it's going to be packed, and it's it's less laid back than like a normal spring training experience. It still is relative to like normal, but it is you you you're just like you know you're you're to spread out you know if you like to be on the berm or or something, something like that like uh, there's a lot of people who uh want to be there too so yeah that, that's always an
1: issue yeah so we we just we gave up on the idea because we we're spending 60 more dollars a ticket so we're gonna, go, we're gonna go see the a's play the brewers instead
0: I like the A's. Um, well, the A's play where the Cubs used to play. Right. Now they're at ho Cam Park. And uh, that, yeah, that that's a nice little park too. Um, I did like the A's old park. It was like super old school. And and it's probably why they moved. But like, and they're actually getting their own park soon. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, the ho Cam Cemetery too so it's very ominous
1: so yeah and with spring training being here that means we also get more news we have more direct access to players so we have things to actually report on many of which are not actual news i'm sure we'll have a lot of x's in the best shape of his life but i think we have some real news to actually talk about uh, from the early days of spring training What, what have we learned so far
0: yeah, so, like, you know, we talk about, like, best shape of his life. Uh, like, there's a good chance, like, Kenley Jansen actually is. <laughs> yeah, like we have he, proof. <laughs> he, he, he's, like, he's come, like, uh, he lost, like, 25 pounds. Um, yeah, if you remember last year, too, like, his whole weird because he was, like, like, a uh, to get ready for the season. And then it's like, I only need a few games. And then he had, like, a hamstring thing, like, midway through, and it set him back. And he didn't get off to it he was, like, kind of behind the eight ball for a long time. And then it took him a while to get into the groove. And then once he kind of finally did, he had the heart thing in August, tried to rush back from that, and he was struggled again. And so, like, last season he was, like, never fully on track this season he's like screw that i'm gonna pitch a lot in spring training or or, you know getting ready he's already thrown bullpens and stuff um so his sort of um his workload is is going to be you know bigger in spring training so i think he's gonna his idea is like to be ready day one i mean it sounds cliche obviously but it's a it'll be a stark change from last year um uh, so, and then also, I, I'm just going off of what Ken Gurnick wrote um, last week. Uh, Jansen, one of his quotes was, something is in me like, I got to prove everybody wrong. I have the attitude since we lost the World Series, I just want to get better, uh, compete for a job, although, come on, he's not competing for a job. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he said, uh, and the important thing is, like, he said, and I have the mindset, but my doctor said, just go, go out and play and have fun, so... He's, like, fully cleared um, into, from his heart surgeries. He doesn't have really any setbacks or things like that. They were worried about him, like, uh, you know, potentially going to Colorado. I think he's been, like, clear to that. So that's, like, sort of behind him, I guess. I mean, we really won't know until they actually go to Colorado, and we'll see. But um, I think that having him, like, sort of at the ready and going from day one is – figured figure he'll just be um, – you know, ready to go from the outset and have to a better start. And I think that'll help him all season. So it, it's a positive sign, I think, for Jansen to sort of be at the ready and be – if he's on his game, he's, he's one of the – you know, he's probably the best closer in the game, if not like top three or four at worst. So that having him at his peak level is good. The other sort of note on Jansen I, I noticed in this thing with from Ken Garnick, I saw some other reporters uh, put it, writing it too – is uh, Jansen's like he's been like big into spin rate this uh, this spring, and uh, he's been uh, there's been a couple pictures of him like uh, watching the whatever the monitor they have and checking on his spin rate. And he said um, he said his spin rate on his cutter uh, last week averaged twenty two hundred uh, RPM. He consider uh, this anything above two thousand is acceptable. And he said there were games last year where he was he was um, between like sixteen and nineteen hundred. So the, the 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 pitch wasn't having a lot of late life on it because of the lack of spin. So that contributed to him. He gave up the most home runs he's ever given up. So that was part of it. So you know who he's on the he's on the spin rate bandwagon. Uh, so lookout world, I guess is my point.
1: Who else have we heard from? Uh, another I think another Dodgers hurt player or hopefully not so hurt, uh, not so hurt anymore. That's a horrible way to put it. Someone yeah. we're hoping is healthy this year
0: yeah like uh you know Corey seager uh it's it's funny because like the, it's a huge thing i think that the dodgers are getting Corey seager back it seems like muted a little bit because like they did sort of replace him eventually with manny machado so they had like really premium production from shortstop still but um you know seager he's coming off tommy john surgery He also had hip surgery in um, August, so it's like a double sort of recovery where um, uh, he not only has to, like, you know, regain, like, the throwing, but also, like, the hitting mechanics and also the running because of the hip. So, like, he's there, you know, understandably, like, you know, um, taking it cautiously with him. We've seen this before with Seager in spring, like, he's had setbacks. He ends up getting a ton of time on the minor league side and then he's eventually ready for opening day. The Dodgers say they're like, they're planning for him to be ready for opening day. You know, maybe that's optimistic. He probably still will be, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, maybe takes him a little longer just because of what he's overcoming. He has been, I guess, throwing from like 130 feet, I think 135 feet uh, as of like this weekend. So that's a positive um, uh, in terms of uh, – I guess he, he was having, um, you know, noticing the recovery from the hip more. It affected him running and things like that. Um, I think he's going to play um, shortstop uh, – or no, he took um, batting live batting practice today, this morning, as we're recording this. Um, I It seems like they're going to do the same thing where he's going to play a lot in the um, – on the backfields and on the minor league side for a while, he might, it might take him a while to get into an actual Cactus League game. So we'll see what, what goes on with that. But it's more of the same, I think, with Seeger. But look, they say he's going to be opening day. I don't think it necessarily, you know, it's nice to shoot for that. But I don't think they're, like, married to it. Like, they just want him to be 100%. So if it takes, like, a week into the season to do that, fine. But uh, that's sort of where he's at right now.
1: And alongside justin turner sort of undoubtedly the most valuable hitter uh in the dodgers lineup the most valuable pitcher in the dodgers arsenal last year at least was walker bueller you you have something about in my show notes saying that he's slow playing this year early spring training
0: yeah so so he had a pretty big jump in innings i think it was like uh i don't have it in front of me i think it was uh what 100 and uh 177 innings i think up from like 105 or something like that from the previous year, so they're just like uh, you know he, he's definitely like in the starting rotation. It's not they're not doing anything like that, but um, I think they're just taking it slow during spring. Um, he, he's at I think I saw something. He's actually going to throw a bullpen this week. He hadn't up till now, so they just been like sort of um, taking you know less um, uh, putting less pressure on him. Or, or strain on him just um, he he doesn't have he's not going to be like on an innings limit this year I don't think but it's just there they don't want to like over overwork him during spring training like getting ready for the season so I think that's part of it
1: one of the silver linings it, you know if there is one for the Dodgers having such a sort of newsless offseason to put it that way is that they've kept Alex Verdugo uh and he's kind of got nowhere else to go but the major league roster. The Dodgers did trade away two outfielders, but they're still kind of heavy in the outfield rotation. How do you see the outfield playing out, especially with Ferdrugo's role in it?
0: Yeah, so like the way I sort of see it is the the Dodgers basically have like um, they're they have like 11 guys like set, you know, in terms of like on the roster. And it's like, you, you know, this counts like Muncie at first, Taylor at, sec- at second, and um, basically Jock in left because he's going to start against righties. Um, A.J. Pollock, everyday center, Cody Bellinger in right. Then you have like a, a bench for sure of Kike, Austin Barnes, and David Freeze. This assumes Russell Martin's a starter. I'm just – these are just placeholders. But so they're at like 11, right? They carried like 12 position players, 13 pitchers most of the year. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see, um, if they do that again, but that only leaves room for one other position player and you would think it would be an outfielder. It doesn't have to be, but, um, it basically leaves like a, a, um, uh, you know, competition between like Alex Verdugo and and Andrew Tolles, both of whom are left-handed, but like, as it stands now, like, you know, Verdugo, um, probably won't start, like, a lot right now because you basically have Pollock every day in center. Um, uh, Most days, um, Bellinger's going to be in right, or Bellinger's going to play every day. He's either going to be at first or right. You figure if it's a right-hander on the mound, Muncy's going to be at first. So um, that would put Bellinger in right, and then Jock, that's what he does is hit righties. So it doesn't really leave room for Verdugo. I guess what you would think is... If they if they're uh, intent on like putting Muncie at second, going for like extra offense against righties or something, then Bellinger at first, then you have room for Verdugo. Um, that's what I could see, but it, it's going to be tough for Verdugo to like get playing time. But we'll see. Um, and then his competition, uh, I think, in that is Andrew Toles, uh who was you know hurt a lot of last year. He hurt hurt the year before, kind of lost his way a little bit, but. Uh, You know, he, as of this morning, he's the only one, only Dodger who hasn't reported. um, And he has like, um, uh, he, I'll just read because the Dodgers put this out this morning. Uh, He's dealing with a personal matter. um, And the the team says, quote, we aren't sure when Andrew will arrive, but he has been in contact with the organization and he has our full support. So uh, out of respect to Andrew and his family, we will have no further comments. So he's dealing with something. Usually, this—I mean, I don't—I never—I don't want to speculate, but usually, it's obviously um, something with his family. So um, he's dealing with that. I don't know if that is going to affect him in terms of like how long he's going to be out. But for just for now, he, he's the last one to—he report. hasn't reported yet. But with full like um, support, he's not like that. But uh, it just puts him a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of that competition. But that's kind of where they're at. Um, So yeah, like we talked about like being a boring off season. There's not much to like a position battle except for maybe that last bench spot.
1: Is this a thing? Like, let's say all the presumed starters and let's say tolls, you know, hit really well in spring training. They're looking really good. Is the thing where we've seen with prospects in the pack, they don't want a top prospect to ride the bench. Could he still start the year in triple a,
0: uh verdugo or tolls verdugo oh yeah so i think because verdugo's already like had two like full seasons in triple a like i, I it, it yeah, it's interesting it would be bad necessarily to have him on the bench so like i don't know I, I i don't think they're against it but i'm not really sure
1: and you mentioned both with platoons and you know the dodgers have also shown a readiness to more eagerly rest players, especially ones with the injury history of Pollock. So maybe they figure out a way to get him in to 80% of the starts just by constant rotation. I don't know. It'll It'll be really interesting to see. And this, this was one of the big reasons why I was convinced the Dodgers were going to pull the trigger on something that would jettison one of the outfielders and kind of make things a little bit more clearly we're going to end the show on a Dodgers rewind that I'm excited. Cause I have not heard of this player, but before we get there, we were talking a little bit about not really having much of a competition, uh, to look, look at in spring training. The other area, the Dodgers had a lot of depth, certainly last year was the starting five, uh, rotation going to a six man for a little bit. How do you see that shaking out, especially with Urias coming back, uh, to the fold?
0: So for now, like, it seems pretty set. Like, um, Dave Roberts said last week, Kenta Maeda is a starter for now. Um, And so with that, they're kind of said it's like Kershaw, Bueller, Hill, Ryu, and Maeda. And so I think uh, the other thing is that where does that leave Urias? Um, You know, he's coming off like, you know, major surgery. He barely pitched last year. So they're going to really like um, limit his innings this year. And I think, Part of the way they do that is, like, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they keep him back in Arizona for a while. Um, or I don't know when they're going to, you know, ramp him up or whatever. But, um, yeah, he's going to pitch in the majors. I'm certain of it. Like, in some role. Uh, and they all, they always need starters. We, we've seen this off and, off and on. Like, something will happen. So they probably want to get him ready for that. Um, so they can't, like, completely shut him down necessarily. But, yeah. Um, I think uh, they've said like he's going to be on an innings limit. They won't say what that innings limit is, but you can imagine he's just not going to pitch a ton. He's not. He, he basically can't pitch like a full year. So I think they're just going to be judicious with how they deploy him. It's been an issue in the past because they kind of done that when he was younger and like building up his innings, but it, you know then he got hurt at different times, and so there's never really been like a clean year where they just said, "Let's let Urias go." Maybe that. Maybe that comes next year but this year is going to be one where they're just kind of like they're limiting his innings. Uh, we'll see, but yeah, he's definitely on that, that cusp of like, if they need another starter, he's the guy they'll turn to assuming he's uh, ready.
1: All right. Dodgers rewind. I'm excited for it. I hope you're excited for it. You mentioned it was an interesting tale, possibly a short tale. So
0: yeah, it's, it is. This one's a short one. I didn't go really in depth or anything, but he mostly because his, his career was not very deep, but, um, so uh, this one is a, a pitcher uh, from Lakewood High School uh, here in uh, Southern California. Um, the Dodgers drafted him in the nineteen sixty-seven draft uh, in, in the sixty-third round. Like you know, <laughs> you for, you you forget that the drafts went that deep. They only go to forty rounds these days. But um, his name is Bruce Ellingson. Um, he was a left-handed pitcher. Uh, so. I'm looking through. I'm going out through the '73 media guide because he he was added to the 40 man roster uh, that year, so he's in the media guide. And I like back then they would um, <laughs> they put in here like uh, they put not only like his wife's name but the wedding date. Like so, his wife is named Pamela Sue, and they were married on September 25th, 1971. I just I love the weird details they add in these old media guides, but. The, the one thing I wanted to mention is they they were so into Ellingson that they called him Little Pod, P-O-D, um, because um, it was a similarity in, in mannerisms, they say, to Johnny Padres, uh, the former Dodgers pitcher. He won game seven at the 55-world series. He pitched opening day at Dodger Stadium. Um, and so he had a really good year in uh, – 1972, he kind of, he was a starter and he was kind of mediocre in the minors. Uh, And then in 72, he he, he switched full-time to relief the previous year, but 72 he kind of put it all together and he had a 161 ERA in 48 games. So he was like, he was really good that year. Um, But then in uh, 73, his ERA blew up to uh, 671. And he he had almost as many walks as strikeouts, fifty five walks, sixty two strikeouts. So he was kind of, and it was his um, second year, or uh, I guess third year in Triple A with them. Uh, second straight year in Albuquerque. They they were in Spokane in Triple A in nineteen seventy one. Uh, then they moved to Albuquerque. So, um, but anyway, that, that's not the important part here. Uh, so what happened was, oh yeah, I will say this too: the Angels. Um, Prior to the 1970 in the 72 season in the 71 Rule Five draft, the Angels drafted Ellingson from the Dodgers. Back then, the cost was twenty five thousand dollars. Now it's a hundred thousand. It was fifty thousand for a long time in between. um But then they didn't have a spot for him on the team, so they sent him back to the Dodgers in April of seventy two uh for twelve thousand five. The Dodgers had to pay twelve thousand five hundred. So anyway, that was so that's sort of the history of Bruce Ellingson. But then. Uh, After his sort of bad 73, um, the Dodgers traded him uh, to the Indians um, like uh, first week of April in 1974. So a little bit before the season gets started, they traded him for a little known um, 17-year-old outfielder um, from the Dominican Republic who had played only uh, 44 games in the rookie league with Cleveland in 1973. Uh, That outfielder's name was Pedro Guerrero. I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, Guerrero uh, went on to be one of the like great Dodger hitters ever. Really, like uh, if you look at, it, he's one of the great hitters of the '80s, um, and was just sort of a—he's uh, kind of a tremendous story in his own right. But yeah, so Bruce Ellingson, no, not many people know about him. He pitched for Cleveland in 1974. He got to the majors, 42 innings. He he struck out only 16 batters. Uh, but he, he walked 17, But he put up a three twenty one ERA, but then he was sort of back to the minors. He pitched all of 75 in the minors and then he had arm problems and he never pitched again after 75. So his career was over by age 26. Um, and Pedro Guerrero wasn't really getting started yet until really for good in like 1980. Um, uh, that's kind of it. I mean, for Allinson, I just wanted to note him because not many people know about him. But the one thing I'll note for Pedro Guerrero, I'm looking at the 1980 media guide. So he was traded for Bruce Ellingson, but I will note this that uh, I don't know what the amount of cash that was in the deal, but the 1980 media guide note, notes and how obtained for P- uh, Peter Guerrero, he was purchased from the Indians on April 4th, 1974 and sold pitcher Bruce Ellingson to Cleveland in the same deal. So like, was there different costs for each player? Like, that's a weird way to just, why didn't they just say he was traded with cash or something like that? But uh, so both both players were purchased from the other team, is how they're sort of wording it, which is very odd. But yeah, that's that's today's uh, or this week's uh, Dodgers rewind. So uh, and Bruce Ellingson, he's going to turn 70 this year uh, in April. So happy, happy early birthday to Bruce Ellingson.
1: And that's the show. Nice little, nice to kind of get back in the swing of things. Should be able to do kind of a regular episode here and out. Might have to miss one the week that I'm gone uh, for spring training purposes. But other than that, we should be back in the flow of things.
0: Absolutely. And there's actual games this weekend. So we might have some stuff to talk about, a little more to talk about next uh, week. Who knows? We might know where Harper and Machado end up uh, by then, at least uh, something ancillary to talk about. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week.